Welcome to the Digital Edge with Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway. Your hosts, both legal technologists, authors, and lecturers, invite industry professionals to discuss a new topic related to lawyers and technology. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the 135th edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. We're glad to have you with us. I'm Sharon Nelson, president of Sensei Enterprises, an information technology, cybersecurity, and digital forensics firm in Fairfax, Virginia. And I'm Jim Calloway, director of the Oklahoma Bar Association's Management Assistance Program. Today, our topic is successful digital marketing for the solo and small firm lawyer. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Clio. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. Try it for free at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-THE-NUMBER-ONE or online at AnswerOne.com. That's AnswerTheNumberOne.com. Thanks to Scorpion. Scorpion sets the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com slash podcast. Thanks to ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. We are very pleased to have as our guest our friend Guy Sakalakis, who is the president of Attorney Sync, a digital legal marketing agency launched in 2008 from the idea that attorneys would benefit from more effective, transparent, and accountable online marketing help. Its vision is to be the most trusted team in digital legal marketing. Thanks for joining us today, Guy. Well, thanks so much to you, Jim and Sharon, for having me, and congratulations. I feel honored to be lucky number 135, 135 <laughs> episodes. That's fantastic. Time to, t- time to go buy a Powerball ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of money, let's start off with the $70,000 question, Guy. What's the single most important digital marketing tactic for solo and small firm lawyers? So I really wrestled with this one because there are so many different things available, but I'm going to go with Google My Business, making sure that your information is upclaimed and updated and accurate there, that you're sending happy clients there to sing your praises, that you're uh, uploading videos and doing Google posts. And the reason is because, like it or not, and for better and worse, Google is the place that people are going to go to look for information about you, regardless of how they hear about you, how, regardless of how they get your name. And your Google My Business profile is probably going to be near the top of those results. And the good news is it's completely free. Every lawyer's favorite price, Ski. Indeed. That's indeed. right. That's right. Especially solo and small firms. You got to be, be budget conscious. Absolutely. You really do. And there's been a lot of changes in this area over the years. What other digital marketing strategies are you seeing that are working for solo and small firm lawyers today? 
Well, I think the thing that I keep coming back to, uh, and this is, I'm going to try to get a specific tactics. I want this to be tactical, but in some ways, it's a lot of the, it, thematically, it's stuff that's been working for a long time, right? It's finding ways to build relationships and demonstrate your knowledge, skill, and experience, your, your quote-unquote reputation on the web. And so uh, social networking, the lawyers that are active in social networking groups, so there's specific Facebook groups and LinkedIn groups, but those that are having conversations there, that are networking there, that you know they're not selling they're providing information and building these relationships. That's really working well online. Well, I would certainly have to agree with that. I think that working with social media has been probably the most beneficial thing we've done. And you're right. You don't sell. You do network. And that's that's really how the game is played well. <laughs> Absolutely. And it works. I mean, stuff works. I mean, the great news is, is that you can now have a global network of friends and professional contacts from the comfort of your own home. <laughs> Absolutely, you can. And how much time, and this is a very big question I get, how much time should solo small firm lawyers spend on digital marketing? They feel overwhelmed as it is. So this to them is a very pressing question, and they are always looking for a good answer. Absolutely. We get this question all the time, and the answer is, I don't know, but this is my advice. <laughs> Find the small times, right? So you don't have to spend all day on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn to have success with this stuff. If you're commuting, if you're in a train, and not, not when you're driving, right? We don't want to encourage people to be tweeting and driving. But when you're, uh, if you have a train to work or on your lunch break, or maybe you set aside five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening, find those small times and just five to 10 minutes in those little sessions of staying top of mind, posting something of interest, commenting on something relevant, participating in a group conversation goes a really long way. This is not, it doesn't have to be a huge time commitment. So that's the way I tend to tell people to think about it. Find little times. But the other thing I would tell people is put it on your calendar because it's just a matter of reminding yourself, put it in your workflow, put it in your practice management, like, hey, go participate in a conversation it doesn't have to take that much time. Find the small times and make sure that you're disciplined in doing it. I think that's really good advice. And I tell people the same thing to chunk times, to calendar times. But I, I also try to give them some sense of how much I spend a day. And I would say it's about a half an hour in total. How about you, Guy? Yeah, I think it varies. Um, you know, If I get carried away in a conversation, uh, sometimes it's a little bit more. But I th I th a half hour is great. I think that if you can do... Uh, if you can be disciplined enough to do a half hour every day and think about that as your networking time, the key is the engagement, right? It's not the number of posts that you post. It's not the number of followers you get. It Focus on the engagement, quote unquote, metrics. Focus on are people responding to your comments? Are you responding to a comment? Are you just broadcasting? And then listen to the feedback from your audience. People, you know, one of the really interesting things about the social networking platforms, they have built-in feedback. They're called these little likes. And so if people are liking and commenting and sharing what you're posting, you're going to find that you're much more effective in your networking efforts than if you focus on more vanity metrics or if you're spending all day posting needlessly. One of the most interesting things about digital legal marketing assistance is the vast range of prices. If we were talking transportation, you can get a quote for a skateboard or a Ferrari, it seems like. Right. And uh, and I really wonder for solo and small firm lawyers in particular, but really all lawyers, how do you build accountability into the digital marketing investments that you're making? 
This is so important. And you know, the answer is, is that you have to define success in terms of a business objective from the start. So, you know, marketing campaigns can have a variety of different objectives. The ones that we tend to focus on are from a media spend, it's return on ad spend, but return on investment. Or, you know, if it's an awareness campaign, then you've got to put some hard numbers in place. But put those numbers in place at the start and say things like, we're going to measure the success of this campaign through these metrics and by this date, and then constantly assess that and, and see whether you're hitting that. And, you know, of course, there might be some refinement. But the challenge is, is that if you're getting into engagements that are, you know, years long, that don't clearly define success, that's where folks run into challenges with, is any of this stuff working? Uh, the great thing about the internet is, is that you can measure just about everything. The key is, though, is to measure the things that have meaning for your business. And at the end of the day, for most lawyers, you've got to track that back to some kind of fee. Well, I think that makes great sense. And I think most lawyers are attuned to that goal as well. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the country. Connect your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit ServeNow.com. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up with the code TDE10. Of course, you can find Clio at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is successful digital marketing for the solo small firm lawyer. And our guest is Guy Sakalakis, our friend and the president of Attorney Sync, a digital legal marketing agency. Well, the next question that I'm going to ask you is one I answer a lot, so I'll be interested in your answer, Guy. What are some of the biggest digital marketing mistakes made by solo small firm lawyers? So I've got three, and I'll be curious to hear yours as well. Uh, <laughs> my top three are, the first one is what I call not owning it. So, so many lawyers license their content or their content management or their Google Ads accounts from some kind of vendor. And then if they decide to make a switch, they're held captive. And we see this all the time and it's so frustrating. Own your website, own your content management system, own your content, that's number one. Number two is what we talked about before, which is not defining success and objectives from the start. And so you have to have a plan in place that talks about what is valuable to your firm, what are the objectives you're trying to meet, and how you're going to achieve those objectives. So some strategic planning with specific objectives relating to you know, business metrics and not some kind of proxy metric, not followers and likes and retweets. Those are the two I'll stick with. Oh, did I say I was going to do three? I missed yes. out. I forgot. I lost my third one already. What's yours? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll go at least with a couple for myself. Number one is they sell themselves, which turns everybody yes. off. 
And number two is they don't learn how to use the social media correctly. So, for instance, they'll put something out there, but where they have the opportunity to spend just a couple more minutes and find hashtags or, or Twitter handles or whatever so that people actually see that they are being praised. And I much would rather praise someone else than I would praise myself and call them out for something great that they did, an article, a post or something. And people see that and they remember that you sent them to your followers or, or the people, your friends on Facebook, whatever. But when they see themselves tagged, that is deeply meaningful to those people. And they do not, as a rule, forget to return the favor. I have no way to prove this to you, but my third one was stop being self-promotional. So we're in complete alignment. <laughs> Shall we dance, Guy? Yes. Great minds. Well, if everybody's going to jump in on this, I just want to add one more, which is the uh, cliche of don't put all your eggs in one basket. I had a lawyer talk to me who had used Google AdWords successfully for his consumer bankruptcy practice for several years, and he finally just got priced out of the market and literally had no other properties. And so I think, you know, focus on one area, but spread your efforts across several platforms. Does that make sense to you, Guy? That's a great point. I always say treat marketing channels like a diversified investment portfolio. So you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. You don't want to be beholden to one specific channel, especially if that channel is an advertising channel. So, you know, to get into the buzzwords of this stuff, there's earned versus owned versus paid media. Uh, focus on more earned media that's happening organically. That's the stuff where people are sharing and you're getting in, your message in front of you know, the right people at the right time, but you're not paying uh, for advertising for that. So great point. Diversify your marketing efforts. You mentioned content management system, and some of our listeners may not be familiar with that label. What's your preferred content management system and why? So I'm, I'm a just use WordPress person. And the answer is, is that it's not proprietary. It's released under the general use license. Uh, you've got a global community of developers and plugin developers and designers. You can move it from host to host. So you can uh, take your, uh, and I think we should back up and for folks that aren't familiar with what I mean, what we're talking about with content management system, it's really just the software that manages your content, right? So uh, in this case, it's WordPress, but I see so many lawyers get on these proprietary systems and, you know, look, some of them, they can work great and maybe they're the right fit. And, you know, in terms of, because there are non-legal specific ones, like Squarespace is a great example of a proprietary content management system. But the problem is, is you want to switch. If you ever want to change your software, you're stuck with some kind of migration process, which is going to cost you money. Uh, and it makes people reluctant to leave. And the reason that people do proprietary uh, software is because it makes them stick, right? You're sticky. You're, you can't make the switch. If you haven't investigated WordPress and managed WordPress hosting, most of the time, unless you've got some very sophisticated functionality you need, it's hard to beat WordPress. Now, on the other hand, it does take some technical chops to get it move around. And so for folks that really want a drag and drop content management system, you know, check out things like Squarespace. But I'm a huge WordPress person, you know, but the New York Times is on WordPress. There's, I think, like a third of the internet or something's on WordPress. Um, <laughs> tough to beat. That's true. But, you know, from a cybersecurity standpoint, it's an attack surface. Right. No, and that's a very good point. And I think that if you don't have the either the support structure or, or a vendor that's talking security, you know, out of the box, it's very prone to being hacked. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do to harden WordPress. WordPress has a whole bunch of documentation on it. And so in, in my experience, with the proper protocols in place, you, you can get to a, a reasonable spot. But that's a very good point. I caution folks, 
just out of the box, WordPress is very vulnerable. But I agree with you, Guy, and I use WordPress too, and I have so far have been lucky. Um, but well, still, and still smart and lucky. Yeah, smart and lucky, some, some of both. Um, and I hope that doesn't feel like an engraved invitation to anyone. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I worry about that a lot. Okay, what's the one social networking strategy that lawyers could use better? So I'm going to go back to groups. I think that that's an underutilized aspect to a lot of the social networks that people don't focus on. And, and I'll specifically focus on uh, Facebook, just because that's where people are at. But go out and find groups on Facebook, especially if you're, you know, if you're a solo or small firm that serves your local community. I'm sure you can find all sorts of local community Facebook groups. And the the difference is, and I think that people don't realize this, but if you're in a group, you're not just broadcasting to the entire world. You're you're in a group setting of people that have similar interests. So maybe you know, there's groups around like youth sports or groups around a specific nonprofit or groups around a specific topic or practice area. Don't just get involved with um, lawyer groups. You know, there's professional uh, groups and networking groups. And these groups provide a setting for a lot of great networking that doesn't happen in the, you know, wide open space of Facebook or LinkedIn. LinkedIn is another great place to, to look for groups. So find groups, you know, they're different. There's public groups, there's private groups, there's invite only groups. You'll kind of get a sense of that, but talk to some of your friends, talk to other people in your community, ask them what groups they're in, try to get in those groups because that's where a lot of the great conversations are happening that I think a lot of lawyers don't realize. Well, I actually have a follow-up question there because I tried the group thing and I kept finding groups getting taken over by marketers and people who were self-promoting. Right. And so I got discouraged by that and I also got discouraged by the fact that it, it really didn't seem to be returning. Um, I, I wasn't getting ROI from the groups. I was getting a much better ROI from doing the other stuff. So you must have found some really great groups because my experience with groups has not been good. And that's the key. I think, you know, obviously the quality of the group is going to depend on who's in the group um, and also who the group admins are. So, uh, and, you know, this might be an argument for maybe starting your own group, but the moderators and or the admins uh, for the group can adjust the settings so that they can, it's invite only, or you have to uh, go through, a lot of the groups have like approval process where it prompts you to answer questions. I know some of the groups that want to make sure that they're lawyer specific, you actually have to enter your bar registration number and they go validate that with state bars. And so those kind of things help filter out a lot of the, um, you know, marketing types and self-promotional folks. And, you know, look at the group, the terms of the group rules. Like if the group rules are wide open, get ready for the spammers to come in. Uh, on the other hand, if the groups have it on you know, much more tight and they, they're talking about no self-promotion, no pitching allowed, uh, you're going to find a higher quality group. So look at those terms, look at the group visibility, whether it's you know an open group or a private group. Um, but at the end of the day, the groups, are like you, I think, have experienced, it totally comes down to who's in the group and who they're letting in and who's moderating the content in there. Okay, you're just better at that than I am. <laughs> that's, well, I'll, I'll that's send you my some conclusion. Groups. Maybe, no, maybe I'm okay. not. Um, we'll see. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll try to find some groups for you to make some recommendations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Key. <laughs> so back to marketing campaigns. How do you define a successful digital marketing campaign? So we talked a little bit about this, but the simplest way and the most universal way is to define it in terms of meeting an objective, which means you've got to have an objective in the first place. 
Uh, it might be return on investment. It might be return on ad spend. It might be uh, some kind of top of mind awareness. But define those objectives at the start and then see if you met them over a period of time. And, you know, you might not, depending on what kind of practice you're in, you know, client matriculation might take a while from the first time that someone hears about you to the time that they need your services and actually hire you. And so you got to look at some of this stuff over longer periods of time. But if it's a direct response, Google ads campaign, ads going to go up, phone calls should be coming in, and then you should get a good sense of whether those phone calls are qualified uh, right off the bat. And so, you know, if you're in a consumer facing practice as bankruptcy or criminal defense, and those potential clients have that need right now, you can measure the effectiveness in a pretty short timeline. You know, if you're not seeing results, if you're not seeing phone calls, qualified calls, and the right people in your potential client set within those first couple months, you're probably going to have to make some adjustments. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to see return on ad spend in that first month, because again, you know, if you think about personal injury, like you're going to get a lot of people, even if you're targeted, that for whatever reason, aren't the right target client for you, whether it's there's a liability issue or a damages issue. But that's the idea is, is that measure success based on its ability to achieve some kind of specific marketing objective. Okay, so I have a follow-up there, and my follow-up is that most of the solo smalls that I know who have tried Google Ads say that it's pouring money down a rat hole. Right. <laughs> you know, it's expensive, and yep. it doesn't have a lot of return. Are you hearing that? So this is the, yes. So the, the this is the, this is one of the issues. There's a lot of issues here, but let's get into the Google Ads conversation. One of the issues is, is that Google, sorry, Google, throwing you under the bus here, they make it very easy for you, for any advertiser, to open an account, enter your credit card information, guide you through the bid on some keywords, write some ad copy, send people to a landing page. They don't give you any guidance. They give you some guidance. That's not fair. They give you some guidance on how to try to achieve return on ad spend. For a lot of lawyers, when we open their AdWords accounts, we see things like broad matching on lawyer, geographic targeting in a place where they don't even take clients driving to landing pages that aren't uh, mobile friendly and responsive. And so if you add up all of these little small things and you're just paying for clicks for untargeted terms with ad copy that's not specific to landing pages that aren't designed to convert and you're not actually measuring what's happening when people land on that landing page, it's really easy to spend a lot of money and conclude that, hey, Google AdWords just doesn't work. Now, I'm going to give you the my counterpoint. And I, I do think there are a lot of lawyers that are probably still I mean, right now spending money they shouldn't be spending on Google ads. But, you know, I've been doing this now for 10 years and still law remains one of the top spending categories on Google. And so you've got to either reason to yourself that no lawyers are making any money and they're just, everybody's flushing money down the toilet or some lawyers have figured it out and that's what helps them persist and stay there over time. Um, so they're finding success. So my quick tips on Google ads, if you're going to manage your own Google ads, spend the time to go through the Google ads certification. It's very easy to spend money. It's very difficult to manage successfully. That's why there are businesses that do this stuff for lawyers. But make sure that you know what you're doing. Don't just conclude like, oh, hey, I'm broad match bidding on lawyer. I've got you know free consultation in my ad copy. And I'm sending you to a landing page that doesn't work on a smartphone, and then be surprised that you're not seeing return on ad spend. Fair enough. Gee, I also uh, talk to our members a lot about Facebook. It seems like if you're trying to target a city or a 
county or even a region of a state, it's really easy for the non-technical lawyer to do targeted ads on Facebook. Am I off base on that, or does that make sense to you? No, I think it's I think it's easier. I think the uh, face some of so Facebook's ad platform. I, I'm going to regret someone's going to call me out and be like, I can't believe you said that. But Facebook's <laughs> ad platform in some ways is more intuitive. And I think that they break down things like demographic targeting and geographic targeting in ways that are easier to use. So I don't want to go on too deep down the technical rabbit hole. The major difference between Facebook and Google is Google has search engines have intent. People are going and looking for stuff. Where Facebook, people are mostly there to network and see pictures of their friends and their friends' cats. And so the ads are still what we would call interruption-based. So there's, you're still advertising to a, an audience that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, they're not looking for your services. And that's why if you're going to do Facebook ads, my suggestion is to make them very informational, very social in nature, boost content on your site, um, that's another thing, too, that folks don't realize, but Facebook's a publicly traded company. They have shareholders. And so th- one of the things that they do to motivate people to advertise with them is to dial back the organic reach, especially of the business pages. So if you have a Facebook firm page and you're seeing oh, only four people saw this, it's because Facebook's dialing back that reach. But the good news is, is that visibility and ads on Facebook are way less expensive than per clicks are on Google. And so if you get a message that works, if you get a message that's social, if you've got some content that you think is worth sharing, if you boost that on your page, you can really get that in front of an, a targeted audience uh, for a lot less money uh, you know, per view or per click. Thank you very much. Before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick commercial break. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to market your law firm aggressively and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter AnswerOne Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. AnswerOne is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. AnswerOne helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Welcome back to the Digital Edge on the Legal Talk Network. Today, our subject is successful digital marketing for the solo small firm lawyer. And our guest is Guy Sakalakis, the president of Attorney Sync, a digital legal marketing agency. So, Guy, what resources would you recommend to solo small firm lawyers who want to learn more about digital marketing? Because there's so much out there and people really want to know what's worth taking my time to to read or view. Totally. So uh, the first is is Moz.com, M-O-Z.com. I still, to this day, uh, am very grateful that they have put out so much great information about search engine optimization and, and really 
in what they call inbound marketing in general. Some of it might not be applicable to lawyers, but I think a lot of it is. Uh, the second thing is, is I always say, go to the horse's mouth. Like if you want to learn about Google, go to Google's documentation on Google Ads, go to their documentation on how search engines work. Same thing for Facebook, same thing for LinkedIn. And then, uh, you know, ask people that you know are doing having success. So, you know, it's going to be hard to try to get information from your competitors, but maybe you go to another friend who's a lawyer and ask them what they're doing, what they're seeing is working. And then finally, of course, you know, just to give me my plug, check out some of the podcasts uh, that are out there on digital legal marketing, specifically Legal Talk Network. We do lunch hour legal marketing that we're very proud of. But, you know, finding, identifying the sources is the challenge. Like you said, there's so much information out there. Um, but if you if you go to the platform sources, if you ask people that you know are having success, you know, just like anything else, I think that's a good way to vet some of that stuff is, is going to people that you know and trust. Well, I have to give you some wonderful feedback. My youngest daughter is also our assistant business development director at Sensei. And I asked her to tell me what her favorite legal resource was. And she said it was that lunch hour that she I am did. Bl- I'm blushing over here. So tell her thank you very much. Thank and she you. didn't know that I, she did not know that I knew you. And she told me that. Wow. That is great. That is excellent. I'm glad to hear that. That's, that's great news. Thank you. G- you've already started a little down the uh, self-promotion rabbit hole, but we're going to give you one more chance. Is there other <laughs> venues that solo and small firm lawyers can hear more from you and get advice? Twitter is where I like to hang out online. So at my long weird name, G-Y-I-T-S-A-K-A-L-A-K-I-S on Twitter. And of course you can go to attorneysync.com. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that folks that want to learn, seek out resources from people that you know that what's working. Don't take experts like me word for it. Test things yourself. Talk to people that you know and trust, and um, good luck. Well, this has been so much fun, Guy. Thank you for joining us today. We really had a rollicking conversation, and we went all over the place that wasn't in in, in our original script. So that's great. <laughs> and you were very flexible about that. So we really want to say thanks for bringing all this great information to our listeners. Well, thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure to speak with you. I have a lot of fun every time I do this, and uh, hope to see you both soon. And that does it for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. And remember, you can subscribe to all of the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on Apple Podcasts. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. Thanks for listening to the Digital Edge, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Sharon Nelson and Jim Calloway for their next podcast covering the latest topic related to lawyers and technology. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.